Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Colton Classic Podcast. I'm Nate Wyckoff, your host, film critic and comedian. And I have part two for you this week of More Than Meets the Animi. Yes, I know you all love that pairing title so much. Last week, we talked about 1986's animated Transformers the movie, uh, which was sort of a split recommendation. Uh, some recommended yes, some recommended no. I think that we all know it is an absolute must-watch if you are an 80s kid. Uh, beyond that, I'm not sure. You'll have to take it up with everyone else. This week, we have part two, which is our lesser-known cult feature, at least here in the U.S., Rojan Z from 1991. It is an anime film. Uh, it's sort of an action comedy satire. Uh, from Katsuhiro Otomo, most famous for illustrating and writing the Akira manga. Uh, really, really incredible. One of the icons of anime. Um, you know, you have Hio Miyazaki, and uh, I would put forth you have um, Masumi Shiro, and you have Katsuhiro Otomo. So those are kind of the big three, at least as we understand them in the West. And this is I don't think one of his le one of Otomo's lesser films, but it is one of his lesser known films in the U.S. Um, it's it, we'll talk about it because there's there's I think uh, some good stuff to talk about. But first, let me introduce the rest of our panelists. We have Greg Johnson. How are you doing today, Greg? Nate, there's no time. You got to move on. I'm very important. Please keep going. All right. We also have Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? I'm good. I'm really looking forward to discussing this movie that my 20-something-year-old lab tech described as cooked and ascended. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's going to take some unpacking, just like the movie. <laughs> and we also have Jeff Tucker. How are you doing, Jeff? I have an announcement to make. I will be making my move into a Z001 uh, as of tomorrow, and I will be there permanently. And so from now on, I will be taking this video call uh, from the comfort of uh, my poop and urine extracting slash feeding device. Yeah, so I was gonna say the same thing. I'm like, this this, this movie was sort of, I, I love this movie, I really do. It's one of my favorites, that's why I put it on here. But I have to say, um, at times I find myself going, I know, I, I think this is a good idea uh, <laughs> when I think we're supposed to think it's not. Um, so Rojan Z is, uh, a film that is essentially about a young woman who is a nursing student and she is a volunteer caretaker for an old man who is um, uh, bedridden and uh, his wife has passed and she, this nurse is the only one that really visits him. 
him and his cat, his very, very fat cat, and makes several appearances. Uh, well, the Ministry of Public Health, I believe it is, translated as, uh, in Japan, has this new pilot system that they get this person's family to sign off of. So they take the old man, and what they do is they hook him up to this super fancy, um, super, like, sort of... Uh, futuristic computer driven bed that does all sorts of things it washes and cleans him without ever having to have him get up it can lift him up it can move him from place to place theoretically uh, although they don't talk about that until it happens uh, it can feed him it has multiple video screens and cameras so we can communicate with other people who have the same bed and their goal is that this should revolutionize elder care uh, that it should it should make sure nobody is is left wanting uh, and everybody is taken care of uh, right down to the and and they don't have to be embarrassed about wetting themselves or anything. The bed takes care of everything like that. Actually, sounds quite brilliant and impossible, but that's not the point. Uh, what happens is spoiler alert. And again, I don't really believe in spoilers. This movie is going to be good whether you know what happens or not. In my opinion. But what happens is the computer is far more advanced than uh, it, it is supposed to be. And it takes on the personality of this man's dead wife and decides that it needs to take him to the beach because that's where he wants to go. He has fond memories with his wife at the beach. So it goes on a rampage throughout town, which wouldn't have to be a rampage except they keep trying to stop it. Um, but what it does is it assimilates other technology and, and devices as it roams through the city towards the beach and does everything it can to uh, prevent capture uh, and, and following it are the uh, head of the Ministry of Public Health who believes in this project, uh, the computer tech who uh, is with the corporation that donated the supercomputer that runs it, who actually is a uh, plant by the military because this is actually a weapons-driven computer and they're using this as a test to see what it's capable of. And then we have uh, the nursing student and her friends who are helping her. Uh, some of them stuck at the older folks' home, helping, you know, caring for them and speaking to them through uh, the internet. Uh, and then some who are actually on the ground chasing this robot bed with the older gentleman. So it's madcap, it's crazy, and it's kind of heartfelt. There's moments, I think, of all the above. Um, what it is at its core, which is, should be no surprise to, to fans of Katsuhiro Tomo, it's a satire. Um, it is basically trying to point out the line between personal care and love that people have for each other and need to have, right? The elderly can't just be left in a robot box. It's not, um, it, the idea being it's not the same. You have to be a good, in fact, the robot wife says it, to be a good nurse, you have to love your patient. Um, and uh, and that's sort of the idea is that there needs to be love. And in this case, the computer is so advanced, it actually provides and acts on the love uh, that this old man feels for him. So it's sort of, it sort of circumvents the fear that the student has that this old man won't be cared for and, and won't be appreciated in the way he needs to be. And it, it, it uh, defeats the military intent by having a personality where it cares deeply for this old man. So it's, it's a really neat idea. Um, and I, I love this movie because so many people have this idea, which isn't totally unfounded by any means, of anime as, you know, hyper-violent, naked, you know, um, pervert trash. And um, I am an absolute lover of hyper-violent, naked, pervert trash, so I'm not going to deny that that doesn't exist. But this is one of those films where, no, this is a really beautiful, heartfelt, funny film. I laughed, or at least smiled to myself several times at the points and, and little bits, and... 
uh, and it's beautifully animated. Uh, it is it is sort of that peak 1990s animation where there was some computer assisted stuff, but it's still hand drawn. You know that Ghost in a Shell era, um, you know, rivaling the Academy uh, next to Disney's The Lion King, right? So let's move on to what everybody thinks uh, besides me, because I, as usual, have talked a bunch. Greg Johnson, what was your expectation going into this movie, and what did you feel once you'd finished watching it? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what I was expecting. Um, I thought it would be a little more um, creepy. I mean, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see the cover art. It kind of has like a weird sense of foreboding. Um, but like you said, I mean, it's very kind of sentimental film. I didn't pick up on the satire. I picked it up as more <laughs> kind of preachy and poignant um, somewhere between Fair. there. Um, I enjoyed it well enough, but you know, it, it, it kind of just seemed to hit the beats that I was expecting. I was like, okay, well, here's a bit about like the problems of militarization. And here's like, oh, the the bed is like powered by a nuclear reactor. And like, isn't that like, like oh, like no problem. Um, and it, it just kind of hit the tropes that I expect of um, political and social commentary from anime. And so I didn't, get anything new but it was i mean it's beautiful it's absolutely gorgeous um i think yeah you're right it's paced like a western film uh, i think it's part of what you're saying too it's like it almost fit like i'm a little surprised that this isn't super well known in the west it is this is one of the films that ifc independent film channel uh in the in the early 2000s late 90s would cycle early in the morning or late late at night um to sort of be like, as they were trying to test the waters to bring in anime films, there was this one um, and the one about the end of the world, which I can't, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue, uh, I'm, I'm bad. but anyway, there were several and Armitage they paid every once in a while and, uh, and, and they would cycle through. And I think the reason this was shown is one, because it isn't a hyper violent action film, <laughs> even though it has lots of robotic, you know, crazy elements. Um, and it's got, also, I mean, it's got some like sexual jokes, but there's nothing, there's nothing yeah. fucking crazy. I, I feel so. like this could have been a live action film in some way um, that was made in the US in a way, right? Like it does have, it, like you said, it hits all the beats where I expect them to. Oftentimes Japanese cinema, the narrative structure is much slowed down uh, or seems uneven to us. Um, and, uh, and, and as a reviewer, I have encountered that many times. This one definitely doesn't play that way. It, it hits where I expect it. You mentioned one thing that I thought is interesting to touch on, which is, a, it's nuclear powered, right? It has to be self-contained nuclear powered. And that's interesting because the characters in the, it's not touched on much after that because it doesn't blow or anything. Um, but the, traditionally because of uh, the, if nothing else, because of uh, the atom bombs that were dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima in Japan during World War II, um, Japan has a very, has typically in film had a very wary, um, cautionary story structure or, or element when they use nuclear power. I mean, Godzilla is a perfect example. Godzilla is a dinosaur that is woken up through the explosion of, an, of, a, of a nuclear device. Um, and other, other films have it where nuclear devices cause mutations. I mean, we have that in the United States, certainly, but Japan, it has a very strong uh, internalized expression of that in, in many of their films. And this one sort of, it, it in a very quick, simple way, it makes me think that it was intentionally saying, hey, we were running on nuclear power. 
right now in Japan. And nuclear power has a place because it can do something that this is could only happen with nuclear power. Now, and and I would just I I took it so differently in that mm-hmm. I saw that as the the best piece of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you know, again, like that, you have to have a historical context. You have to have right. viewed a number of animes and like played some Japanese created video games to kind of see that like, they're like, oh, well, there's nuclear power. Like, oh, is that dangerous? Oh no, no big deal. Turns out the bed is dangerous as, as shit. Right, right, yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think it can be taken both ways, right? And it's all in it's all in how you see the bed ultimately, right? Because depending on who you are in this film, the bed is a monster or a guardian angel um, because it's destroying everything. Um, but it's also got a personality that's quite sweet and it's doing everything it can for its patient, right? Which as it says, and as the nursing student agrees, uh, presumably to be a good nurse, a good caretaker, you have to love your patient. So it's this really cool like parallel. And again, I think you're right. I think the reason we can pull op- opposing opinions and, and back them both up is because this is sort of a a film where it playfully is testing everyone right like what's right what's better well is this better like and you have characters in different obviously the nursing student thinks that people should care for people that's never said but it's implied by the by her resistance to um the the patient being taken away etc um but the the head of the ministry of public health thinks that the bed is the way to go 100%. Now at the end, they both seem to have maybe some differing opinion, like they both have come a little over onto each other. And I think that's interesting. Um, You know, he seems like a bad guy at the beginning. He turns out he's not so bad. He's really in it for the right reasons. You know, she to him seems ridiculous and getting in the way of progress. Whereas ultimately she's like, oh, he really cares and vice versa. All right, Jeff. Um, have you seen this film before? And regardless, what did you think this time around? I hadn't. Um, but I want to actually talk about the uh, the reason it didn't work in the West. And I, I think it actually is a cultural thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that people in the, at least in, in America, um, have the same concept of elderly care that they yeah. do in Japan and China and Korea. Um, just as as examples i know uh generally speaking the elderly are uh, you know expected to be taken care of by their children like that's that's part Mm. of the culture that exists there so um this movie leans heavily on um kind of the idea that um this machine is going to take away uh or you know take you know take away the embarrassment of you know the children of these these parents and i and i think in that way it does it's not as relatable to um mm-hmm. the western audiences um, I, I mean and that's not like a universal thing but like you know in in um uh in these cultures you'll have families that live under one roof single home like family. multi yeah. multi-generational yeah uh whereas in america the moment you can get out of the house right it's and traditionally done. and i mean that might be shifting with economic changes in the in the west but yes traditionally and culturally america has been a a, a there's a reason why we know in this country about bad nursing homes that abuse their patients, right? Because they've been allowed to, because we typically have the the younger 
uh, you are, the more you should be the focus of society and culture. And once you age out, you no longer are a viable um, buyer of products. You're no longer a viable, uh, essentially, member of society. It is something that is, you know, it's many cultures struggle with an aging population, but the United States is sort of famous, uh, both internally and my understanding externally, uh, as sort of not taking care of its, um, its elderly, elderly people. Yeah. And, and, the reason, and in a way, then you would think that this movie would speak to us, but I think you're right. The reason it doesn't as culture is because we don't take care of them because we pretend they don't exist. Yeah, it's, um, it's not like it's not ingrained in our culture that it's our I'm job. Say, to. What old people, <laughs> right? Like, exactly. Um, yeah. and, and I loved that in this movie, it doesn't shy away from sort of we have, we have, um, of course, the old person in the, in the bed, right? But we also have the elderly people who live in essentially the group nursing home, the, the hospital home, right? Who, who end up being very skilled hackers and assist the nursing student and her friends in tracking uh, and, and getting to um, her patient as he, she's, he's being trucked towards the beach in the bed. And <clears throat> the, the ones in the nursing home are vibrant, physically capable people who are, are doing things. And the man in the bed is bedridden he doesn't speak clearly we don't get lots of dialogue from him that's coherent he is in and out of consciousness um and he doesn't seem concerned or bothered that his wife is a robot bed right like he's not there enough and both of these neither is given a value you know like neither over each other one right like the old people who are hackers and helping are not given more value than the old man in the bed everyone is on sort of a level playing field in a way, which is interesting because I think it's intentional because it's very hard to see the person in the bed as anything but uncomfortable. And this could be my cultural bias coming out, but I know for a fact, many people, at least here in the States, are made uncomfortable by sick people and elderly people. And that also, there's arguments that that's a innate organism thing right because you know there's a reason packs of animals will sometimes leave an older one but also you counter could argue there are animals that protect their elderly right there are so it's interesting that they remove that hierarchy and yet they're not otomo and the director here um who is also a very famed director um he's uh, uh, he's a writer as well hiroyuki uh, kitakubo he directed uh, he's written for Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, but he also directed Blood, The Last Vampire, which is another very beautiful uh, and violent, strange anime film. I love that one. From 2000. Yeah, me too. Uh, we'll have to talk about it at some point. Uh, but he was the director of that as well. And he's worked on many, many big films. And they sort of are not afraid in this movie to show both sides of, of aging. Because we can't, as much as we think we can control our health, right? Or all these things. You don't know if you're going to be the old man in the bed who is essentially like a house plant that needs cleaning, you know, to somebody, or you're going to be the old man who can hide his high-tech computers under his, you know, bedroll and, and pull it out to do some light hacking, you know, on the black, on the oh, dark web. He pulls it out at one point, doesn't he? Uh, he does. He waggles his ding dong, which here's the thing, guys. Um, it is, of course taboo right and it's played for laughs in this film um this happens 
a lot. I'm not saying it should happen, but elderly patients, I teach for a nursing college. So I know for a fact from many firsthand accounts, this is not a, a, an unknown phenomenon. Um, but I like that they show the man who's bedridden as uh, troublesome. Like it, you, you see at the beginning of the film, the head of public health saying all of the things that we think when we think, I don't want to be a caretaker for someone who is incapable of washing themselves, of bathing, of using the restroom. I mean, they even show his face as he's either defecating or, or peeing himself in the bed, right? And it's sort of, it's, it, it, you could think, is it being played for comedy? But it's not. It's actually kind of uncomfortable, I thought. Like, and it's, and it's intentionally so. Um, and I like, and it really forces us to look at it in a way that like Jeff was pointing out and, and Mandy here in the West, we don't want to look at that. We don't want to acknowledge that. Um, we would much rather pay a caretaker to do that. And I'm not saying that if you, if you can't take care of your aging parents or et cetera, that you're a bad person. We have to work. Poorly pay a caretaker. <laughs> Poor, poorly pay, right? Yes. It's one of the hardest jobs in the world. Um, and we and not give them enough money. Absolutely not. And and honestly, it's, I, I'm sure this is something we all either have, are, or will be dealing with, right? Is an aging elder generation. And, Absolutely. and, and it's, it's tough. Um, and I, this is, and this film, it doesn't, I think, I think Greg and I are both probably right and wrong. It doesn't really give us a definitive what's wrong, what's right, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. It doesn't. It, it makes us look at it. Do, right? even what can be done yeah right yeah yeah so uh anyway mandy uh have you seen this film before uh and regardless what was your take on it i hadn't and i thought we were gonna watch some like parallel transformers type movie and was just totally taken <laughs> off guard by this uh the bed transforms mandy <laughs> oh it does i just the bed is clearly it was an gonna Autobot. become like more of a thing like there was gonna be a whole bunch of them or he became like this permanent kind of godzilla characters i don't know i don't know i was just like wow like i was just taken for a ride i was not expecting um not a bad thing as often happens with this podcast uh it's good and i like kept thinking through the whole thing also like representation matters and old yeah. people are not shown frequently enough as like badass city ruiners <laughs> like destructive forces <laughs> that they are um and that this is good like it was an entertaining jaunt through uh the i don't know like elderly power <laughs> like yeah i don't I know of... like it was it was good like it like for a lot of the reasons you've already discussed um and but it was also i found it to be somewhat fun like from that yeah. that sense of it's just being silly like you saying like them chasing them through like him through the city because he wanted to go to the beach and it was like they didn't even have to like he was just gone like he wasn't really causing <laughs> any no. damage to anything it was just this weird thing that people weren't expecting to see um and they wanted to like hush it up or something and then they just destroyed a bunch of stuff in the in the process which i, I found talk. like really really funny I love it. Well, of course, the more they try and stop it, right? The more the machine destroys things to get what it needs to go to the beach. And yes. they eventually pit the the militarized version of the supercomputer against it, which has no assimilated personality mm -hmm. um, and is, is just destructive. Um, and we know how it, it comes out. You know, the, the winner is, of course, the, the one that cares for the old man. Um, but 
with the help of the of the house cat, which by the way is great because the house cat just wants to do nothing but lay on top of the uh, bedridden oh, man. man, which is exactly yeah. what a cat would do. Yeah. Uh, and and they do do. Huh. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about the nursing student and her friends because the nursing student, we don't really know much about her except she seems to really care for this old man and be worried about his care. Um, but her friends, I absolutely love <laughs> because they're given not a huge amount of screen time, but they really... It's the kind of friendships that you want in your life because what happened we learn in a very great exposition for like there is no direct exposition in this film which i absolutely love except for when we're given the presentation on the nursing bed which makes sense because it's at a nursing college yes he's going to present on this new device it made total sense everything else we get just through snippets of dialogue and interactions with the characters like we know that uh, we have the nursing student and then we have our two female friends, a short hair brunette and like a long sort of goofy, sexy redhead character. And then we have this dorky nursing boy, like they're, they're, they're straight out of scrubs, right? And we get, we learn that um, the nursing student broke up with this boy and he clearly is still very interested in her, but she dumped him. And um we have this this scene where like they're at the bar drinking or whatever uh, and they're all having a good time. And then later the next morning we get this scene where he slept with the redhead and she gets a call from the friend that the nursing student who's trying to get to the old man that the guy really likes. And he she's like, hey, get up. Like you gotta go help her. Don't you care about her? And I loved the separation, like the casual sex separation from no, our friend is in trouble. You go have our friend. I, you know, the, the dick is not that good. Um, <laughs> the, this is more important. And I just loved that moment because no one's doing, it, it's so rare to see a scene where sex isn't played for shame in any way, shape or form and people can separate sex from like, I'm not saying sex should be separated from love or anything, whatever you feel is fine. But I'm saying that these two characters had sex and yet she knows that he is in love with this other person. And he's like, she sees an opportunity where he can potentially rekindle something with her. And he's like, she's like, go do it. Like, it's not even a question. She's like, get up, get up, don't get out of here. Like, go do it. And there's no shame. There's no questioning. It's just like these group of friends clearly are very close and they care about each other. And the, she doesn't get, like, the nursing student doesn't get back together with that guy at the end. Like, there's no implication one way or the other. Um, and that's great because he's kind of a doofus, right? But we get, like, it's just, it was a really... It's when you see a film and you're like, this was done by people who understand story, narrative structure and filmmaking and storytelling versus one where these people are merely competent at telling a story they were given. It may still be good because it might be a good story, but this is told by masters. Every single little thing matters because it's an opportunity to give the viewers a feeling, right? Or inter or, or extra meaning. Like this is a world that exists beyond a transforming bed, which I like. It's like Mandy said, um, I expected a Transformers movie. Well, there's a, a supercomputer robot that takes on a human personality and transforms throughout this movie. Yeah, but it didn't feel like that's what it was about, you know? Um, and so I, I just, I love that about this movie. Um, and I think Mandy, you're right. I think it is played for last, like not even for last, it is a sweet movie. Amusement. Um, I think 
Yeah, amusement. And I think that if you if they could have easily played this very serious and dark, and Katsuhiro Tomo is no stranger to that. I think he has much more um, sort of bleak interpretations of and stories than uh, sort of goofy, farcical uh, ones. And so this is just showing that he can do both and everything is intentional. Um, so we're going to wrap this up because uh, I want to move on to recommendations because I'm going to start as usual. I really think people should see this film. Um, if you're not a fan of anime, um, give this film a try because it might change your mind because it's just another way to tell a story. And this is a story that's told very, very well through the strengths of, of um, modern anime, you know, uh, robots, elderly, visually differentiated characters, um, unique cultural ideas um, that both uh, are unique to Japan, but also have lots of elements that are worldwide applicable. Uh, and also, if you love anime, watch this movie. It may not be what you normally would watch. It's not a series. It's not My Hero Academia, you know, it, it, but it is um, a well-known anime film in Japan, and I think it should be well-known here. I also want to throw uh, a quick shout-out, sloppysecondsales.com. Uh, they are um, bootleggers, but what <laughs> I, I want to give them a shout-out because right now they're the only place in the West that you can get uh, a region-free copy at a reasonable price of the Blu-ray of this film. Um, it, you can get a DVD affordably, but if you want the Blu-ray, you have to go with a Belgium copy or some or a Japanese copy, and those cost a lot of money to import. So until this gets a really beautiful official stateside release, sloppysecondsales.com is a good way to see this movie uh, in high def, which it deserves to be seen because it's really, really beautifully done. And Greg, would you recommend Rojan Z 1991? If so, why and to who? Um, yeah, I would. Um, if I mean, it's entertaining. It's enjoyable. We talked about a lot of positives here. Um, it's a little out there. It's a little kind of strange at parts. Um, it, it ends with a joke. Um, it's it it's not totally clear to me anyway what kind of you know what the it it leaves you answering a question that it's posing about hospice care. Um, and taking care of the elderly and engaging with the elderly in general. Um, but I'd, I'd recommend it to get back to it of um, just because I can't think of anything like it. It's, it's, it's a fascinating watch. It's a little bizarre. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't think of a counter film where I'm like, well, it's just trying to do this or it's a shittier version of this. No, it's very much its own thing. It does a lot of stuff. Well, well said. Jeffrey Tucker, my friend, would you recommend Rosen Z? If so, why and to who? Yeah, I would suggest this movie. Here's um, here's the thing. So, you know, the watching this bed going a rampage through the city and like consuming all these other pieces of, you know, technology is just entertaining. It brings you, and that's like, that's the thing that this does well. It brings you in and then like that bit's just like fun to watch. Like I'll actually go and watch it again. Um, in a heartbeat because it just looks good uh the then there's an idea here right you know elderly care and it made it made me think about my family and you know um you know there's my sister and i have some personal um you, you know relationship with with this particular idea um but you know it, it just gets you thinking. jeff has and, dementia i'm just gonna put it out there Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, so it, it just it, it gets it gets the idea rolling, and it it's not an idea that 
we uh we talk about very often here um yeah so i i definitely recommend it for for uh for getting an uh an experience that you wouldn't normally get and probably one that you should get, should have fair enough mandy you're last up would you recommend rosian z if so why and to who i would for many of the reasons already listed um but also just um for connoisseurs of anime like that haven't gotten haven't dug in this deep to it to this unknown level of uh beautiful work it you will enjoy it especially if you've liked some of the other um obscure older titles that have been mentioned fair enough for it. And I, I also say just one more thing about this movie it's bright it happens in the daytime um a lot of anime uh you know i think of akira it's a post-apocalyptic cyberpunk future and it's beautiful and grim and dark and lit with neon uh and street lamps and rojin z is a beautiful outdoor bright um it makes you feel like it's a world you want to live in. So it makes sense to still be alive, you know, into your old age. Uh, and I think that, as I said, I think everything in this film was made and created and crafted with intent and it comes through. So that is it for this episode of Cult and Classic Podcast and the pairing of More Than Meets the NMI. Uh, that is the last time I'm going to say that. Thank you so much for listening. Please go wherever you find this podcast, leave a review, positive five to 10 stars, whatever the max stars are. Uh, give it to us, please. It helps other people find us. Send us your requests, recommendations, feedback, anything you want to cultandclassicpodcast at gmail.com and be on the lookout for our brand new film a month Patreon where we will send you awesome, awesome movies that you won't find anywhere else uh seriously guys pay attention to this it's going to be cool please go to coltonclassicpodcast.com and click on the newsletter link to subscribe to our newsletter so you know exactly when that comes out what it's all about uh, and get the details also if you have films short films or feature films that you would like to work with colton classic to get uh involved in our film release program please send us an email colton classic podcast at gmail.com. To play us out, as always, is the Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.